0: Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 167 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman-Kornick, and today we're going to talk about what happens when self-help doesn't help. We all want to be better people, right? Happier, more productive, and able to show up for the people we care about. And for many of us, we turn to the self-help industry as a way to do that. But the thing is, is that there's a downside to this whole industry and the idea that we need to help ourselves. While so many of the resources out there are amazing and mean well, there's something that happens when they don't work for us. We start to think that we're the problem. If we don't succeed at a certain productivity method or we can't organize our days or homes exactly like Joanna and Clea from The Home Edit, we start to feel guilty. We start thinking we're not good enough And we think that there's no way for us to change or get better because nothing has worked. One of my one-on-one time management coaching clients was a self-described self-help junkie. She'd read the books, listened to tons of productivity podcasts, tried lots of different planners, but still felt like a totally overwhelmed failure. She was even skeptical that working with a time management coach would help since she felt like she'd already tried everything under the sun. I want to have an honest discussion about when self-help is actually helping and when it's not i'll also talk about what to do if you feel like self-help strategies aren't working for you and how to shift the narrative so that's what we're going to do on today's episode and because i know you've got a lot on your plate and you're trying to make the most of your time and you're probably listening in the car while you're running errands or you're folding laundry It might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes. So don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details and lessons learned from this episode over in the show notes, plus links to any of the resources I'll mention. Today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 167. All right, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road.
1: If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna dearman Cornick.
0: Before we get in too deep into this episode, I want to talk about what I mean by self-help. Years ago, I thought self-help books were for people who were depressed or felt like their lives were falling apart. But since then, I've learned that time management, productivity, home organization, confidence, finances, leadership, they all count as self-help. And I'm sure we all have a stack of self-help books at home just waiting to be read, right? It seems like every time I talk with a new time management coaching client, they confide that there's a copy of Atomic Habits sitting on their nightstand collecting dust. But in addition to an expanded perspective of self-help books, I've also learned that self-help isn't just books. It's attending workshops that show us how to get the most out of our calendar apps. It's scheduling more self-care time because you read a blog about the importance of self-care. It's taking personality assessments to learn your attachment style and love languages, or repeating daily affirmations to boost your confidence. It might even be watching TikToks and YouTube videos about ADHD to learn more about your newest diagnosis. These are all self-help strategies because ultimately they focus on how to work on yourself or how to fix challenges that are affecting your work or personal life. Of course, these are all valid reasons to want to pursue self-help resources They can be extremely helpful for breaking through some serious issues in your life like time management or anxiety. I've talked before about how after I walked away from a 10 year career in crisis communications and government affairs, I was so out and exhausted that I read every book about getting your life together that I could get my hands on. Some were immensely helpful like Laura Vanderkam's 168 hours, some, Not so much, and that's the thing. At the right place and the right time, they can be helpful, but that's only if you know yourself first. And that's why self-help can be, well, not so helpful. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDKornik.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but I know, pausing to try to get to know yourself before you dig into all of the self-help stuff doesn't feel productive. It doesn't feel like doing anything or taking action. And isn't that the point of all the self-help stuff anyway? To do stuff? Well, I'd say no. Think about it like this. Tools don't work unless you know how to use them or what they're used for. Okay, imagine that you've never seen a screwdriver before. And if somebody just hands you a screwdriver and says, all right, have at it, you're gonna be like, what, what is this? What am I supposed to do with this? And when you try to fix something with a screwdriver that actually requires a hammer, you're gonna be frustrated, but it's not your fault because you were handed the wrong tool and you weren't taught how to use it. All right, my point here, is that if you're working through self-help strategy after self-help strategy, constantly wondering what's not clicking, it could be that those strategies don't work for your life in the way your brain works. They might just be the wrong tools. A hard truth we have to learn about all the information we have at our disposal is that not everything will work for you. And that's okay. The thing is there are no easy fixes for becoming a better person. Transformation takes time and consistency, and it starts with knowing yourself. And there isn't one single way to do anything. Like my grandmother says, there's more than one way to skin a cat, but it's easy to get that tunnel vision whenever you're focused on doing more. If you're reading a book about habits, you want that exact habit strategy in the book to work for you. If you're watching a YouTube video about organizing your pantry, you want your pantry to look exactly like the designer pantry in the video. You end up becoming too focused on the end goal rather than the process, which is what success and self-help comes down to. The power is in the process because it's in the process of trial and error that you can actually figure out what works for you. And it's okay if you color outside the lines or rearrange the steps if that's what works for you. But I wanna be clear. I'm not saying that self-help resources are good or bad. They're just not the be all end all. They're a tool or a resource and nothing more. So what is helpful? How do you know what will work for you and what won't? Again, get to know yourself. One of my first time management coaching clients loved to make big plans, big elaborate plans for meetings, projects, trips, anything. But she struggled with the follow through, especially when her boss gave her an assignment. She'd procrastinate and get dangerously close to missing deadlines. Her plans that started out as exciting would inevitably get super disorganized and she'd lose track of details. She even struggled to work with her new executive assistant who was supposed to be there to take some of the load off of her super full plate. She'd tried using different planners, but had given up on them. She'd tried organizing things in a digital tool like Trello and her office was covered in post-it notes. I mean, post-it notes everywhere on the walls, on the floor, on her desk. During our first session, She expected that we'd start by jumping into all the problems and get into fix it mode. But instead, I had her take a personality assessment. And once we looked at her results, it was clear that her personality loved big ideas, but wasn't a fan of dealing with details. And that if she didn't understand the purpose of a project or assignment and how it tied back to the big picture of her organization, she lost interest and that's when the procrastination came in. So instead of giving her one size fits all copy and paste strategies to try, we went straight for the methods that worked with her personality instead of against it. Every project now had a purpose statement that motivated her to stay on track. And she started assigning the super detail-oriented pieces to others on her team to play to their strengths. Sometimes it's not you that's the problem. It's the strategies you're trying that just aren't a match. If you're not into personality assessments, another way you can get to know yourself is by assessing what's worked in the past. Think about past moments of growth and success you've had. What caused the change? How did it impact you? And what were some of the growing pains you faced? One of my favorite questions to ask my coaching clients is, tell me about a time you felt really successful. And then I like to follow it up with, well, what was going so well at the time? When you look for clues about what's worked well in the past, those clues can be a huge indicator of whether or not introducing something new can work for you. Remember, there isn't one right way to do self-help. That's the self part of it all. It has to work for you and not anyone else. Ultimately, you have control over what you consume like the types of books you read or whether or not you attend a conference. So take advantage of that opportunity. And it's okay to be assertive here. It's totally okay to be presented with a new piece of advice or self-help tip. Someone who says, oh, you have to do it this way and say, no, thank you. I don't accept that. You've got to step into the driver's seat. Otherwise, you're going to spend a life lived for others or stay stuck in the rut of never finding anything that sticks. So just to recap, I want all of you to walk away knowing that if self-help hasn't been helping you, it's not necessarily you. Whether it's books, trainings, workshops, coaches, if something isn't really helping you see the change you want to see in yourself, it's likely because the tools aren't the right ones. There are other ways to approach your goals. As you know, self-help resources are everywhere. So instead of focusing on how you are doing something wrong, I really encourage you to take stock of where you find friction with those resources. If a book is telling you to do something that doesn't click, look for other resources that don't give that advice. And also take stock of what is working for you. Do you really thrive with a morning routine? Focus on that. Are you realizing that you do best with an accountability partner? Lean into that. Self-help is just as much about finding our strengths as it is about trying to support other areas. All right, friends, that's all we have time for today. As always, thank you for listening, and I hope that this week you walk in the truth that you don't have to have it all figured out right away. Just taking one step closer to being the person you wanna be whatever that looks like for you is enough. All the details from today's episodes, including the books I mentioned and more, can be found over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 167. Friend, I'm rooting for you, and you can always count on me to cheer you on. I will see you in the next episode.